This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Goal! post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Comes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! tributes, five OSC slash trust collaborations, seven history episodes, nine quizzes, 13 season preview and all reviews, 17 my 11s, 84 pressers, 108 town alumni episodes involving ex-players, coaches, staff and journalists, and 252, including this one, current events, pods. We are at 500 and joining me for a very apt 69th pod appearance, is Dan. Hello, Dan. Yes, congratulations, Rich, on episode 500. Lovely hearing you reel off the uh, the pod stats there, a man after my own heart. And of course, my 69th appearance, everyone's favourite number, something in it for everyone. Uh, it's a number that either gets people giggling or Swindon fans thinking of Don Rogers. 69, dudes! And you can use your imagination on that. Uh, why it's my favourite number. 
Uh, I'm not going to use my imagination for that at all. Uh, (laughs) 500 episodes. Oh, Oh, man. I'm wasting my life. Not wasting your life, Rich. You're giving people something (laughs) to listen to on a Monday morning. Hey, and whatever time it is in America and Australia, New Zealand, and all the other places that listen to us. And we used to have one dedicated listener in Argentina. So I guess we should say congratulations to him and our Argentinian friends of the pod, Fede Bassoni, Juan Cobia, Nesta Lorenzo, and Ozzy Ardiles. What a thrilling final hour or so that was, including penalties. Did you enjoy it, Dan? Oh, you playful git. You know I didn't enjoy it because I was having a family fun day. Christmas themed family fun day in the freezing cold rain at Avon Valley. And if only it wasn't raining, it would have been a top, top day. But we spent most of it rain dodging. And then, of course, six goal thriller, extra time, penalties, some great goals in there as well by the look of it. So, uh, yeah, I shall have to probably for the first time in my life take advantage of some ITV1 highlights at 10.45 p.m. or something like that. But uh, no, um, the reason we're all happy as Englishmen today, Rich, of course, we must celebrate England being the FIFA World Cup 2022 Qatar edition fair play trophy winners. England, congratulations. It's the one we were looking for all along. Yes. Um, And also, it has to be said, hard luck to the Swindon alumni of old Hamdi Razak, uh, Patrick Nabissi. (laughs) <laughs> Eric Saban. Jonathan Tahui. Eric Saban, friend of the pod. I won't have his name um, taken in any form of negativity, I have you know. We're all thinking of Sebastian Ruster at this time. Ah, oh, well, he would have been such a good player for Swindon until they said, oh, actually, you've got to pay 300 grand for him. So, yeah, what <laughs> might have been, eh? Where was he from? Cannes, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember. It, <laughs> he was here, he played. He went home. Yeah. We've got like a 50% hit ratio, probably, arguably, with Argentinian players. But our French ones, God, blimey. Um, I mean, I like Fred Darras, Philippe Cuervo, Sophie oh, Zaboob. Yes. But after that, oof. Um... Philippe Cuervo was named in the programme when I was mascot as my favourite current Swindon player. And rightly so. Rightly so, because he had funny-looking hair. He yes. was had a funky name. He was French. Yes. And he did skills. So that was enough for nine-year-old Dan to name Philippe Cuervo. If I'm looking back at that now, I'm happy that I've picked Philippe Cuervo. Oh, definitely. Yeah, sexy football. Easy to say George and Dar or Ivianora. But no, you went for it. You went for the glamour man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, very apt. Uh, the game I was mascot for. Swindon won Stevenage 2 in January 1998. which um, The FA Cup game. I, I can't yeah. even remember the score. Not a very memorable game. <laughs> and yeah, of course, Philip Cuervo didn't even play, he was injured. Uh, but Mark Watts got a lovely goal that day. Absolutely fantastic goal. Um, and to make it 1 0. Yes. And uh, it looked like it was going to be a lovely evening against, all the afternoon against the artist formerly known as Stevenage Borough. But yes. um, yeah, wasn't to be. And Grazioli, well, we ended up signing Grazioli yeah. on the basis of that, I think. So. A happy ending, I suppose. Um, let's let's move on and talk about. Yes, let's. Oh, what a weekend! So Barrow nil, Swindon Town one. Get in there. We've had a few weeks, Dan, of being negative and with good reason. And today we get we get to talk far more positively, which is brilliant. First of all, though, game on. 
terrific hustle by Barrow to get this game on, despite everything around them uh, succumbing to the elements early on. The, the the camera angles alone made Barrow look just as bleak as I imagined it. Sorry, Barrow. <laughs> but a brilliant achievement. And I'm very grateful because, you know, we'll, we'll probably talk about it a bit later. You don't want that fixture backlog. And having played last week and this week, and now having points on the board yeah. as a result of it is is absolutely crucial to us. Well, yeah, I mean, crucial even just psychologically to be back up in fourth by virtue of no other games taking place in League Two. It just does give everyone a little bit of a pre-Christmas boost. And even though everyone in the world can see Swindon have played one or two games more than everyone, just to be up there in fourth with the points on the board. You know, I'm a big cricket fan. Runs on the board, counts double. Certainly a good weekend for Swindon. We should congratulate Barrow on having a milder climate than the rest of the UK, seemingly, for the first time in British recorded history. Uh, the Frost Cutters did their job. Um, the overnight rain seemed to help with the four. Um, and yeah, I mean, we didn't expect it to be a snooker table, did we? Um, even before the rains came in the second half, it was tacky. Um, and Swindon, I think, as we'll come on to, should be congratulated, actually, for the quality of the football that we managed to churn out in that first first hour. Because, um, yeah, stark difference between the sides, which was really pleasing to see. We'll, we'll talk more about the pitch when we get to around about the half-time yeah. stage of our analysis. But Swindon made, I think, just the one change, wasn't it? It was Brennan goal, Hutton, uh, McDonald coming back uh, in for the poorly. Brennan, FBT and then Lavinia. Darcy, Reed, and Williams. Shade, Wakelin and Iandolo. I don't know why I've done it in that order, but mm-hmm. here we are. Uh, later, we'd see Roberts come on for Darcy. Hepburn Murphy come on for Shade. Adeloy come on for Williams. And Dwarzak come on for Wakelin. We'll talk about that a bit later on. So going into this game, Barrow are fourth. They've got a terrific home record, but they've just been tonked by Stevenage. And... I don't know what I was expecting going into this game. I didn't know what I would see in terms of Swindon. And well, it, it's funny because it was really helped. Well, we were really helped out by just the most farcical penalty after just five minutes. Well, that's when it was given when a slack back pass from Terrell Warren <laughs> it resulted in Farman taking out Wakeling. An absolute stonewall penalty. I don't know what he was complaining about. Uh, Louis Reed with possibly the most important penalty in world football of the weekend. Agreed. Cooley sending Farman the wrong way. It was it was an absolutely farcical, wonderful start for us. <laughs> yes, uh, and lovely when these things go your way. Um, I mean, we spoke in previous pods, and uh, I'm getting used to this um, weekend pod slot. I think this is weekend number three on the trot. So apologies to the uh, low strangers listeners for having to listen to me witter on again. But um, yeah we said they were a side that looked a bit low on confidence a side that looked a bit bruised um and actually this was the perfect philip um away at a tough opponent like you say rich fourth in the league before kickoff good home record 250 miles away bleak horrible weather 171 Swindon fans in the way end who deserve the biggest pat on the back i'm so glad Swindon won for them Uh, I I knew a few in the way end as well. Hello, Graham and Ben. Well done for the solid, solid commitment. But yeah, um, it reminded me a little bit of um, Salford City away. Do you remember Stephen Bender just took a bit of a heavy touch and then ended up bringing down whoever the Salford forward was at the time. But um, yeah, Farman 
whilst he didn't want to get the back pass from his defender, uh, Tyrell Warren, was it? Um, you know, with a better touch and or a slightly better attitude to clearing danger, he doesn't get himself into that trouble. And Jakey Wakelin, um, sharp as attack, just got his toe to the ball um, before the keeper. He cleaned him out. Um, worryingly, the referee didn't see that as a penalty, but thankfully, the uh, assistant referee did. So, well done, the linesman. Uh, penalty to Swindon. Yellow card for Farman. Um, we must remind ourselves of, um, of course, the uh, the double jeopardy rule with Farman going for the ball, um, which the referee obviously thought he did. Uh, it's a penalty and a yellow card, whereas uh, I think back in the day, you'd have been screaming for a the keeper to be sent off there and Swindon's afternoon to be even more comfortable. Yeah, it would have been comprehensive, I'm sure, because Farman would later go on to make some quite important saves. Yes. Well, not important, but depends it how important goal difference is at the end of the season yeah. for teams like Swindon and Barrow. But I think the big takeaway in the first half, the first hour, was just Swindon looked way, way better than they had in recent weeks. Constant pressing, making the lives of the Barrow players so uncomfortable. They just couldn't settle, could they? We we did not allow them at any point. No, it was um, this was the very best of Swindon um, away from home this year. And we are starting to rack up quite a useful roster of wins. What we had, we had obviously Saturday afternoon out in Doncaster, 1-0 and clean sheet. Um, we had to show a couple of sides to our game up at Grimsby, where we were very good for an hour and then had to defend with 10 men for the last half hour. Also one at Mansfield, obviously. Where's the other win, Rich? Where's our fourth away win? They've all been on Saturday afternoons and I've all watched them from the Chateau and they've been jolly, lovely Saturday afternoons indeed. So Doncaster, Grimsby, Barrow, Mansfield. Oh, that's your four there. Lovely to see the very best of Swindon, Reedy. But what this felt like properly back to his best, um, making Swindon tick from deep midfield. The pressing was a real feature, like you say. I think Darcy, Williams, uh, Wakelin. Um, Shea didn't do a lot on the ball, but he was part of that front three that did did press the uh, the Barrow backline. So um, yeah, when you when you see a performance that dominant in the first half, um, you know on a tacky pitch, we must remind ourselves it. It really does make you think, you know, where has this Swindon been? But better late than never. Um, and obviously, we've now got a little nine-day period uh, before the Boxing Day game. Hopefully, we can get a few a few bodies off the injury table and back on the pitch. Um, yeah, like like we said earlier, a, a lovely little pre-Christmas boost. Yeah, yeah. One one of the things that has happened as a consequence of of doing the low strangers is being able to talk to. Swindon Town fans and and I'm talking about the contributors in this in this instance because you know it it might not be that you hear certain voices for weeks months sometimes even longer but we're always talking behind the scenes and during this game you know we're we're, we're talking about this and I think it was Tyler that mentioned like it's funny what happens if you just press if you just get at them and he and he's right isn't he yeah. I mean it, it, it just that it, sometimes in league two it's frustrating how basic solutions can be if you do them yes um need we remind ourselves obviously you go back to the last stellar performance up at Mansfield um yeah that was more of an end-to-end game Mansfield had more attacking threat over the 90 minutes than Barrow certainly but um from a Swindon sense there was 
much more carefree, lots more energy, and just, yeah, that willingness to have a go and to have a go at pressing. Also, real feature of the first half, Swindon were willing, stung by the pod's criticism last week, I'm sure, <laughs> town were willing to buy a raffle ticket and take a shot. Oh, they were. And you, you're looking at my notes uh, for sure. 14th minute, Wakeland shoots from distance, saved. Good one. Uh, 30th minute chance, Shade shoots from distance, saved. Pretty easy. And then there was one just before halftime by Reed, which was no major threat. But my notes that you can't see is that the raffle tickets have been purchased before <laughs> the game, Daniel Hunt. It, it's happening. Yes. Um, I, I'm going to chuck in a lovely Marcel Lavinier right foot curler as well. Um, which was very well saved by Farman. That was in and amongst the chances you spoke about. But yes, um, we did buy the raffle tickets. We didn't score from open play, but the pattern of the game, we did make their keeper work. Um, and the fact we were already 1-0 up, well, going and getting that second goal didn't turn out to be crucial. But Sundin was certainly knocking down the door, looked much more dangerous than in previous weeks. Um, so yeah, whatever's... Um, What's happened behind the scenes? Um, let's just hope you know you carry that same attack and energy into the Warsaw game on Boxing Day and the crucial Northampton game after that. Because certainly, what I would say, I mean, it's not like we're being reckless against Barrow. Um, it's not like we're leaving the back door open. The switch to the back four in the last couple of games, um, you know, has heralded two clean sheets. Bryn, until the second half, you know. And it was mainly in the air. Bryn didn't have a lot to do again um, to earn his clean sheet. So I think, despite going from a back five to a back four, I think we look more solid with one less defender on the pitch. So I think the structure of the team feels better in a four-three-three. But yeah, I think I think the key bit is that attacking verve. That's what we want to see more of. And I suppose you know. Something else we should congratulate Scott Lindsay and the team on is, you know, you look at the list of absentees, Rich. Um, there's another day where you're missing, I mean, I'm just going to mention what you'd probably consider first team players. Tom Clayton at centre-half, Matthew Baudry at centre-half, Harry's at centre-half, um, Brennan, Ill, Agia, you know, on the bench but ill, Gladwin, Khan, still concussed, Jeff Cott. Um, that's quite a list, and you've gone away to fourth and one. So, um, yeah, whilst we didn't add the second goal, I, you know, there are, there's plenty of reasons to be cheerful in here. It's a kind of building block win. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I, I do. And I think the thing that surprised me in recent weeks when we've had this sort of centre-back crisis, one comes in, another one goes out sort of rotation, is that opposition haven't really tried to exploit that at all really in my mind not not real proper like let's go at the weak links that we have and maybe you know the more positive person will say well that's because there aren't many weak links but I, I just don't think or there's not that much quality knocking around the league exactly, too exactly exactly I, I would lean towards the latter I'm, I'm doing my absolute best I'm not fighting this because I was really really happy with how yesterday panned out given all the the, the asterisks that 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 we had to endure, pitch, weather, injuries, etc. And the thing that I'm trying to fight is just my absolute hatred with how Barrow played. It was so, so bad. Not, not it's a bad thing because it, it worked in our benefit. But the big takeaway for me in that first half especially was the pitch was understandably lousy, but Swindon could play on it. 
yet Barrow, the home side, couldn't. It was just so odd to watch. We were still trying to play our game, which was great. Yes. Um, we've mentioned him already. I think Louis Reed, when he plays well like that, is so pivotal to play in the way Swindon want to play well. Um, so, you know, with him on song, uh, I think maybe, you know, getting the early penalty and the early goal, maybe, you know, take that performance level up 10 or 20%. But, um, yeah, whatever it was, whether it's January transfer around the window, uh, sorry, January transfer window around the corner, if you're a cynic, um, you know, that was that was very, very, very good from Reedy. Um, kind of the performance we've been been waiting for. But yeah, on Barrow, I think first half, they probably in their minds were trying to play and Swindon were better than them, passed it round them. Their set-piece deliveries in the first half in particular were dreadful. You know, Darcy, just before half-time, gave away a dar foul, which gave them a good set-piece opportunity. And you're sweating a little bit because you're thinking, oh, we've been so much better this half. Don't let them back in through a you know towering header from a six foot five lump of a centre half like Noel Canavan or something like that. And it just sailed over everybody in the box and out for a goal kick. And you see the Barry fans behind the goal think, God, this half's been bad. How are we only one nil down? I was listening to the Barrow comms and that was basically where their heads were at going into half time. Was God, we're only one nil down. Swindon have been really good. And let's just hope, you know, Pete Wilde gives them a rollicking and they come out and actually compete because they didn't even compete which you know for a team in fourth good home record you know that was probably a big surprise to them um I think once Barrow probably put plan A away which was probably to try and play a bit um you know armed with a halftime rollicking and bringing on the big guy Bennett um to play up front with Gordon the game changed I think Barrow a bit like Holland against Argentina in the 80th minute. Barrow went back to basics and um, it became a real, real scrap of a game after that, coupled with the coupled with the rain. But we'll talk about that shortly, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. The uh, the 2,617 fans, including those glorious 171 up the Swindon supporters, up the 171, we salute you. It was one of those games because when you're listening to the the radio feed on iFollow, it doesn't quite match the screen, and oh, it felt it looked like a bleak experience for all people in that ground. <laughs> Not much movement at all, was there? Yeah, <laughs> well, end. this weekend last year we had Barrow away. We did. And oh, I remember no. the weather being absolute filth for that as well. Real wet, tacky pitch. Um, we had Connor and a few others up there, didn't we? So, yeah, I, I don't know why the fixture computer is picking out this weekend for Barrow away, but it has done twice. Yeah, mixed mixed reviews on TripAdvisor from the Sunder fans. <laughs> okay, so before things got a little bit treacherous with the weather, second half, uh, it was there were a few chances early on. A shade snatching an effort where I don't think he realised that he had more time and I think he he did realize about two seconds after taking the shot because <laughs> yeah. there was no one around him it was a shame should have been on target or should have been should have threatened the goalkeeper and then Barrow went straight up and almost equalized but Jordan Stevens formerly of Swindon I don't think Leeds fans will die on that hill anymore but <laughs> his effort went wide when it really should have threatened Solbrin that one was the first one that I was like oh we've got lucky there yeah that was a uh, kind of but 
bit of a curler, but it, it didn't quite have enough curl, did it? Sort of hit the billboards behind the curl. But yeah, that was kind of Barrow's first reminder that, you know, hang on, Swindon, you're only one nil up. And we um, were only a goal away from ruining your uh, your Saturday afternoon. But uh, yeah, on the, on Shade, um, I've seen a few people saying he played quite well. Um, I found it another frustrating performance. There's a couple of bits where, so in the first half, you've mentioned uh, the shot he got away, sort of like the low dribbler, which the keeper took around the corner. Snatched effort, which you've just me- mentioned in the second half, but... I, I don't know. He just, he's still, for every good moment, there, there's two moments of frustration in terms of decision making. Because I, I I really do think he's got talent. He's got size. He's got a bit of speed. I think Swindon are wise to, you know, buy him and try and polish him up. But for now, it still feels like he's a bit short uh, of what we'll need on the run in. I think. I think impact sub is probably where he will uh, nestle in uh, after Christmas. How did you think he yeah. played? Well, he didn't get any man of the match suggestions from our from our from our listeners, so he kind of fades away and comes back in. And I think there's still a lot of work to be done with Shade. But if he's not an impact sub, he'll be a jack of all trades and and slide in when when injuries come well, in. Well, he's but... certainly versatile. He's a good one having the squad, and he ha- and he has had some good games, including um, you know goal winning contributions. You know, he obviously got us back into the game against Sutton at home, scored the winner against Colchester, however scruffy. So, yeah, and one to keep working with. But yeah, I think the injury list we reeled off earlier is uh, probably quite a good indicator as why. Why he's uh, he's been back starting last couple of games. The more attacking players at Swindon are going to be keeping their eye on the rumour mill, and of course, within the club, things might be a little bit more certain, a bit more definitive. Good performances and goals are going to be something that they're going to want to do before yeah. uh, the transfer window opens again, and we'll talk a bit more of that when we get to Adeloy a bit later on. It was a lovely build-up on the hour mark from Swindon. It was it was quintessential Swindon this season where. We we do all the all the good build up stuff and then it just sort of fizzled out at the end. But it was a good sign of where we're at and what potential we have once we bolster, if indeed we do, in January. Yeah, so I think the move you're referring to was like a forty five second clip from uh, it was Matt Anderson this week. Thank you, Matt, for um for doing the clipping. It ended with a, a lovely bit of interplay on the left, back across, and then we we didn't quite get the shot off. But yeah, it's um good signs. A bit more, a bit more swagger from Swindon in this game. Certainly, um, some of the little flicks and tricks in and around the box starting to stick, um, starting to hit their man. So, um, on that, and he was involved in this move. I think he did the lovely little um, sort of a back heel back into someone's path. Iandolo was much better uh, up at Barrow. Um, I think he's, you know it's been a bit of an up and down period for him lately. Um, you know, he's played left back, he's played left centre mid, he's started the odd game at sort of left of a front three too. So, yeah, getting back in the groove at sort of left centre midfield where, you know, I think he had a really good run back last spring. Yeah, this looked much more like a fully fit, fully firing Iandolo. And where he does love a tussle and he has got a good bit of physicality, that, that last half hour of the game where things got messy, he was one player you were never, ever taken off the pitch. So he does give Swindon a bit of a 
bit of tiger in there. Just before the rains really come, it came in hard. Uh, Barrow had a corner, and there was a mild scramble in the box. Could have gone anywhere, and it was cleared. This is probably the only time in the game, and I might be in a minority here. I thought Swindon were fine the whole game in terms of I did. I did. I've sat through games and been on the edge of my seat. Damn it, stood up. You know, in my living room, sort of (laughs) pacing because Grimsby was a bit like that. Yeah, exactly. I didn't really feel this here. Others might not have. I appreciate that. But I felt Swindon were very, very composed throughout. And the scramble in the box and maybe Stevens's effort were the only two times where I was like, oh, and there was one header, which, but even though he was unmarked, as soon as the ball left his head, it was clearly going wide in, in my mind uh, anyway. Yeah, I think that's what happened. a better player gets that on target. I think luckily exactly. for us, it went to a, a defender a la sort of Harry Maguire's header against France. Maybe he's going too far for the corner. Maybe it's because I spent the whole game saying Barrow would pish that I, <laughs> I firmly believed it. And then if, if they would have scored, I would have spiralled. But then the rains came and the game turns into a farce, a scrap, weirdly compelling, but ultimately grim stuff, but nobody's fault. No, no nobody's fault. Absolutely. I think what as soon as you had that sort of torrential rain on top of a tacky pitch... Um, that was always going to suit the home side. No disrespect to Swindon, but you know we probably don't have a reputation up and down League Two as a bunch of scrappers, put it that way. But um, Swindon certainly showed their mettle. I think I was probably a bit more stressed than you, Rich. Um, you sound like you were quite relaxed. I think I was stressed, not necessarily because Barrow were knocking down the door, but because I was so worried about how annoyed I would be if we managed to draw this game 1-1. Yeah, agreed, yeah. On the superiority that we'd shown in the first 55-60 minutes. You've mentioned the Sol Brin getting sucked under a corner incident, which um, yeah, I think a few Swindon players were asking for a foul. I think, having seen it on a replay, I think Brin's, well, luckily for him, went unpunished. I think McDonald headed it clear behind him. But uh, yeah, that would have been... Um, that would have been a bit of a cock-up. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the gods should be with Brinny. He's had a, had a really good season. And he's starting to rack up the clean sheets now. Is that eight in the league in 22 games? Of course. It is. He's yep. uh, he's the man who's got all of them. So, yeah, he's doing terribly middles, but leave him here. He's still got a lot to learn under crosses, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and as I said there, there was the header. It was free. It should have It should have troubled Brin. But didn't and and I think you know it felt that that was pretty much it. In, yeah, in the... it was a, it was a lot of territory. Yeah, it was a lot of balls coming in, not particularly effective. I think the big lad Bennett looked a handful more than he was a handful. Uh, their left back Bruff was it Bruff, Patrick Bruff? Yeah, I mean, he had quite a nice delivery. Of course, um, we should talk about Romeo Hutton and going back to his old stomping ground. I. Booed. Mm. Yeah. What was he actually? I think in the second half I heard some boos at him, yeah. Oh, well, I guess you don't hear that many boos when there's 2,600 people there. <laughs> Is what Romeo will be telling other people. I wouldn't disrespect Barry like that. Now, I, I thought he had a slightly changed role, actually. He was not as buccaneering uh, against Barrow on Saturday, I don't think. I think he was a bit more in check. I don't know if that was a conscious thing. Well, that's just how the game played out. But yeah, normally you'd kind of, when a Sunderland player's got the ball in the middle of the pitch, you'd normally look up 
and Hutton would just be stood at right wing. I think Shade playing out on that side has um, maybe just Shade's playing in the kind of areas that Hutton would normally occupy. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's nothing. Uh, I just thought maybe he looked a little bit more withdrawn. Seven out of ten from Romeo. Solid. No dramas at the back. I think earlier in the season, we could point at a few examples where he's being caught out at the back post. Looks like the coaches have done some good defensive work with him. I think his defensive game is looking more sound. Do you think the weather and the pitch would have made his normal role quite difficult? Well, it's a heavier pitch, which is always going to take more out your legs. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. normally your, your flying fullbacks are some of your fittest players on the pitch. And, you know, fitness has never looked an issue for never looked an issue for Remy. I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested what other people think. But uh, I thought he looked slightly more in check. But that back line functioned really well. I think we can give another doff of the cap to um, Marcel Lavinier, especially in that last half hour when things got tricky. He showed some really good composure, taking touches, little faint this way and that, just to calmly bring the ball out. So, yeah, good signs on, on Marcel. Um, which is good because I think Blake Tracy's playing so well at centre-half. It's a big conversation about his future yeah, to be had. Let's have a whip round. Let's sign him for 100 grand because he is just absolute captain material. So solid. Brilliant in the air. You'll see later when we talk about Adeloye, the sort of, you know, they say you've got 11 captains, right? And Blake Tracy, the way he consoled uh, Adeloye post-match, you know, showed some real good human qualities as well. Um I want him. Please move from <laughs> east of England to Wiltshire, Fraser. There's some good schools around here. House prices are about to drop. Uh, well, yeah, make it so, Swindon Town. Um, let's keep the uh, the happy train moving forward. Um, let's talk about Anton Dworzak. Congratulations yes. to him. The first under-18 graduate to play in the league since Archie Matthews in February t- 2021. And the third town youth product to debut in the league this decade, Harry Parsons being the other one, I think all the rest playing in cup competition. So amazing achievement for him. Congratulations, because he is still technically in the under 18s. But also, given the way the game was going now, I think maybe Scott Lindsay maybe leaned towards me and thought it was much more comfortable because it was a lot of faith sent his way given the fact that the game wasn't done and it wasn't one of those sort of 96th minute time wasters there was still a good five minutes plus stoppages left so um congratulations to Anton Twarzak I don't think we should be entirely surprised that he looked so adept and was involved in a couple of um good breakaways because what he showed us at Warsaw in half an hour was that he's a neat and tidy footballer um you know and in this Swindon side that's going to go a long way um, what he's shown in a couple of um, Papa John's appearances is that, you know, again, he can handle it at this level. You know, looks after the ball well. But yeah, really nice cameo, actually. Um, myself and my friend watching uh, on iFollow, we we were kind of screaming, like, why, why not Agia? Why not Agia? Like, he's an experienced player now. Like, get him on. He, lo- he loves a bit of a physical battle. But, of course, we hear after the match, Ricky Agia, poorly like Brennan, um, just kind of fill in a space on the bench just in case. Um, but yeah, it's it's lovely to see trust put into young players. The old moniker that if you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, I think we're seeing um, a little bit of it in the England cricket test side this week. They've um, they've plumped for a debut for an 18 year old leg spinner Rehan Ahmed and Ben Stokes in his role as captain. You know, just complete faith in him. 
just backing him. And I think, you know, Scott Lindsay with Dorzak, complete faith. He's going to back him. He's going to put him in there. He's going to do a good job. So, yeah, really nice ball over the top. Um, great weight on it for Adeloye to streak through. Um, the sort of pass before the assist uh, for Adeloye to cross for Hepburn Murphy at the end. So, yeah, I think he can be really pleased with his debut. And, of course, the thing on his mind will be thinking, well, when's my next appearance? When can I get in the team? Like, so, yeah, it's um good story for the academy. and. Yeah, well, let's see when his next opportunity comes. I think those all those players coming back from injury, uh, Gladwin, Khan, it's obviously not going to spell great news for Dorzak. But, um, you know, even if he's just training with the first team every day, that's going to go a long way in terms of speeding up development and you know making him more familiar with that kind of level of peer. Yeah, so congratulations to Anton Dorzak on securing a £250,000 move to Brighton's youth <laughs> team uh, in January. Hey, he could be a teammate <laughs> with a... Mac Alistair, World yeah, Cup winner. Exactly. Yeah. I'll find those links. I'll find those links. Okay, so the, the game's playing out. It's getting more open. Barrow are doing, I, 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 I want to say their best, but I'm not quite sure it was. And things open up. A huge talking point after the game and during the game was the Adeloye miss. One-on-one, saved easily by Farman. Adeloye did all the hard work to one beat his man, and also take a great touch to put himself in the best position possible. He, he showed the goalkeeper way too much of the ball and Farman saved comfortably. What happens next is pretty much when you're there at the ground, of course you bemoan it. It, it, it should be a centre-forward's bread and butter. You know, that this is it. You know, one of our greatest moments in our history is pretty much that moment other than the fact that Don Rogers rounds Bob Wilson and and it's a goal. What we have now is the, the world of social media where the clip is there, but instead of just going, ow, bloody hell, should have done better there, they're tagging him onto messages. The guy gets back in the change room. He was already dejected. Looks on his social media. I imagine all the notifications are insane. Probably not the nicest things to see in the world. It's one of those efforts where I think I see them missed more than they're scored and we don't need to be reminded that for all of the noise I even heard people say Charlie Austin would have scored that (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong Dan but I think one of the most high profile misses in our history was almost that was it not you know it happens and in higher stakes and in lower stakes but the thing the thing that's crazy about this is we won it didn't matter (laughs) you're absolutely right yeah well, let's try and go through these things in kind of order. So, Adeloye, the footballer, this season has, sadly, shown us very little of his ability um, after coming in on a two-year contract uh, from Air United in the Scottish Championship. I think there are some mitigating circumstances there. Um, I think he's been a bit unlucky with uh, an early season injury, which um, has obviously scuppered him in those uh, first couple of months. Took a little while to come back from that. Um, I think one of the Papa John's trophy games, which would have been a logical comeback game for him, I think that came just too early for him. Um, To date, I think we can only count one development friendly that's happened in the entire season. And that was a game at Newport. um, And Adeloye played 60 or 70 minutes, did he, Rich, we think? And he scored, scored a header. So, you know... Straight away for Adeloye, it must be so frustrating. Like for any footballer on the fringes, when you're not in the team, you're training hard, I assume. Um, and so, you know, 
his opportunity to show the management what he's got in his locker. You know, he, he, he took that chance at Newport, got his goal. Um, but sadly, the, the sort of couple of big opportunities that have presented themselves at Crawley, where a sort of poor Crawley backheader, I think if Adeloye was a bit sharper, a bit more aware, he gets in one-on-one with the keeper. Um, and it, it just, well, having watched it live, he just never looked like getting on the end of that. Uh, this chance on Saturday. The sad thing is, he did the first 80% of it brilliantly. Gets in front of the defender, uses his body well, streaks away using that sort of natural pace, which, you know, Swindon scouts and the data have obviously said, you know, this guy's got a bit about him. But yeah, it's the, it's the next bit. A bit like with the chance at Crawley, it just kind of never looked like scoring. Yeah. And often with centre-forwards, that's... Um, a confidence thing. Um, it's almost uh, like you've got out of the habit of scoring, and when you don't have, you know, reserve games to keep fit and keep sharp, I think this this is going to be quite a, a common problem. But end of the day, he's your reserve striker. He's missed a one on one. Every striker in the world misses one on ones. What I absolutely don't want to see, on anyone wants to see, is that threshold crossed where we're sat on a pod saying it's a poor miss, Rich. That's fine. People on Twitter saying, oh, he really should have scored there. That could have wrapped the game up. Absolutely fine. It's when it crosses over from comment and personal angst on on the commenter to personal targeted abuse. And when I say targeted, you know, if you're tagging someone in that post, just don't do it. He's a human being on 50 grand a year, like me or you, Rich, just regular guy with a job. Trying his best. You know, no one wants to see that. I don't want people slagging me off about a report I wrote. Yeah, and boy, did he look dejected at the end oh, of the didn't game. He? My Poor goodness. Bloke. And Mate Tracy's got a lot of credit for doing what, you know, I'm sure most of his teammates did, you know, in front of the camera or in the changing rooms, you know. And something that was quite clear is people started to rally round uh, both fans and pros, our very own friend of the pod, Jan Fjortoft, yeah. sending him a message and and Adeloy putting it out there saying you know, good people exist, you know, and yeah, and that's where you see the best of humanity. Yeah, and, and 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 like you've implied there as well, like we're football fans, we are allowed to bemoan things, and it was a poor miss, and he has had a poor season, but it's that threshold, isn't it? That 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 thing where it's like it's manners. You don't have to. You can just go, oh, for goodness' yeah. sake, and then let it go because we've won. If they went up and scored, he would have got pelters, and that still wouldn't want to see him tagged on stuff and and no, abused no, no. for it even if it was more justified but there was just no need for it and yeah it, it just it just it's just it's unnecessary and when you want your players to perform and be you know mentally prepared and, and up for it that doesn't help and this is again a guy that has got one eye on the rumor mill he probably is knocking on Scott Lindsay and Sandra DiMichele's doors and saying, you know, what's the crack? What's going on here? Where does my future lie? So those moments, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna sit with him. And yeah, it, it was a shame. And there was another, there was another effort before the game was out, about six minutes into injury time. And this one, well, Adeloy almost got the assist, and that probably would have helped him a little bit had it gone in. But Rashan Hepburn Murphy's effort brilliantly saved. I don't think yeah, really good effort. More. He flew on to the end of that, didn't he? <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't think there was anything more that Hepburn Murphy could have done. It was it was a very good save. Yeah, I mean, Farman, other than his clanger, that's actually saved that from being a two or three niller for his side there. So um, the save from Hepburn Murphy, you know, just pure reactions. Hepburn Murphy flies onto the end of that, outside of the boot, towards the top corner. Great save. The sad note at the end is, well, Adeloy is looking dejected and the players are applauding those wonderful fans that, that made the journey. Hepper Murphy's on the ground getting treatment, and yeah. you know, for have we little... heard any more about this? I haven't heard anything. No, nor me. Um, but for, but that doesn't usually bode well in this Swindon world. No. <laughs> when the quieter they are, but then again, I didn't hear the, the post match. What a consummate pro I am when it comes to this podcast game, but. I've heard no noise about Hepburn Murphy's injury, so... No, well, let's hope that's because he's not injured. He's probably just had a bit of a clatter in there as he's gone in, but um, he wasn't on fire while he was on the pitch, but he was part of some good attacking breakaways and looked generally fit. So, you know, fingers crossed, touch wood, he's not injured and he can carry on that sort of phased return. 30 minutes out of him against Warsaw and then a half against someone else. Like, you know, just build him up. Because he does seem a bit of a delicate flower, but um, a beautiful flower. One who we want to see on the pitch, scoring goals and making goals. Well, he also was on social media after the game, bemoaning the fact that the goalkeeper saved that effort <laughs> yeah. um, and not understanding why. So hopefully all is well there. Let's, let's listen to some listeners' contributions I recorded earlier, and then we'll talk man of the match. 335 minutes without a goal. Farman dances on his line. Reed from the penalty spot against the Borough goalkeeper. Jog up from Reed and he drives it very calmly into the corner of the net. And Swindon fans can do that most unusual of things. They can celebrate a goal and they can celebrate being in front. Let's celebrate victory with some listeners' contributions then. We shall start with Paul Temple, who says... First half, they couldn't get near us. Second half was a grim struggle when the opposition pressing and directness along with the weather and pitch deterioration came into play. Stuck it out well with FBT and the skipper holding firm. Man of the match, Louis Reed getting back to his best. Fourth at Christmas. Bernie Mann says you have to be happy with a win under those circumstances. Everybody knows we are a decent footballing side and it showed in the first half, but still no goal from open play. Wakeling isn't a central striker on his own. We are severely lacking that focal point and cutting edge. We came very close to dropping two points, which after the first half, Scott Lindsay will be blowing a huge sigh of relief. Rashan Hepburn Murphy looked rapid and dangerous when he came on. Tommy was, well, Tommy. Our best players were FBT and Reed. I'll give man of the match to Reed. Good to see him back to that level. The Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge says stunning first half of football, a second half of mostly grit and toil against the ugliest of aerial bombardments. Lavinier has grabbed his chance with a plum on the left, FBT proving he is a must signing in January and gets man of the match. Charlie Austin buries the Adeloy chance at the end. Sexy ugly. A Swindon boy says, I've seen more on Twitter about Adeloy's miss than the win. Really proved the only talk about the negatives, not the positives thing. Mark Kirkman says, great first half, gritty second half, deserve three points. FBT, man of the match, again, 
Reed back near to his best and honest enough to admit fitness is only now at level needed. Shows need for a striker who can hold it up top when under the pump. Anyone available? Four for Christmas. That'll do. Pete Marsh says, backside on the bacon slicer for the last 30 minutes. Man of the match, Reed, by slotting in between centre-backs, allowing the full-backs to get forward. Lavinia had a brilliant second half defensively, though. Dwarzak represents the new world of Swindon Town. Looks accomplished. Corner turned. Swindon 60 says, excellent performance. Much more energetic in the first half and really strong old-school defending to keep a clean sheet. In my honest opinion, Reed makes the difference with his distribution and midfield play. Adeloy, unlucky, was trying to do a Don Rogers, but show too much to the keeper. Slightly concerned to see Hepburn Murphy clattered at the end. Hope he is okay. Rob Dinsey says, first 60 minutes or so, clear progress. Once the rain came down, it became an attritional slog. But three points are in the bag. Lots of 7 out of 10s. Man of the match for me. Wakeling. Wardy S says, didn't think we'd see that out, but fair play. Ground that out in the end and played well in the first half. Should have been more comfortable going into half time. Reed played well, but man of the match, Wakeling. He really didn't stop running. The lower league look says, a win is a win and Barrow aren't mugs. Cracking result. Matt says, following the rich pullen pattern, lose a couple, draw, sneak a win and repeat. Good first half, a muddy battle second. And we can add the comment, if only there was a free agent, (laughs) if only there was a free agent striker we could sign who can take those chances. Man of the match, FBT. I think we'll be fine against Walsall. Michelle says, better. More opportunities. Phil Fradeloy, definitely lacking confidence. Nice to see FBT being a good teammate at the end. Good shift from defence and lovely to see Reed in control. Bennett says, a good win. No real saves for Bryn to make all game. Lost our shape in the second half when Barrow won a lot of second balls and we should have scored a few breakaway goals. Will be interesting to see what happens in the next transfer window. Jason says, first half similar to the first half last week. Much better intensity and boss the game. Struggled to keep that going in the second half and the players look tired. Man of the match, Bryn. Hepburn Murphy looks like a real player. Hope he stays fit. Luke says, much better, great watch and superb defence. Man of the match, Lavinier. Ben Nichols says, good win, good performance. Still in Lindsay out camp, but a baby step in the right direction. Dima Mackin says, a few shouts for me for man of the match, but I thought FBT edged it. Great first half from Ellis and Reed too. Four for Christmas, strengthen in January and hopefully kick on. Uxbridge, STFC says, great result today. Probably go with Johnny Williams for man of the match. He even did some defending. Looking forward to some new faces up front in January. Alex says, lots of shots, but not necessarily more than one or two good chances, however. Good that we kept pressure on and defended well after the early goal. Important three points to halt the slide. Connor Mountford says, for us to win and keep a clean sheet with the number of key players we have out is a good sign. If only we had a striker to finish off those chances. Hmm. Craig Clark says, a brilliant first 45 followed by a poor second. Thank God for the pen as we don't seem to be able to put the ball in the net from open play. Adeloy proving his doubters right. Man of the match, Williams. 
Russell Arkley says, first half was the best I've seen us all year. Really good to see us grind out a result in the second half, especially when the pitch became a potato field. Man of the match, Louis Reed absolutely controlled the midfield. Alex Vlog says, top performance from the lads. Lovely football at times, grit and determination to the end. If we had a good centre forward, we win easily. That will be the difference this season for us. For God's sake, go and sign one. And you know the one I mean. Lukas Jukovic, I think. Batch says, really good first half when we had time to play the ball. Second half was always going to be harder. Weather conditions did not help, but we dug in and arguably, with a bit of luck, managed to keep a clean sheet under increasing pressure. Downside, still no goal in open play. Man of the match, Reed. Robert Hammond says, played well in the first half with a depleted squad. Great battling in appalling conditions in the second. Man of the match, FBT. Doug Copestake says, a win! First half, really good. Bit more shaky in the second, but showed good character to hold under those pitch conditions. I thought they looked like a different team today. However, how did Adeloy not score from that chance? FBT, man of the match for me. Come on, you Reds. Taze85 says, excellent win. Tons of character displayed. Lavinia, man of the match. Sir Harris Hawke says, still no goal from open play. But take the three points. Ofs. Codename Hardhat says, not pretty, but a well-deserved win and should have scored more. Any win all the way up there in those conditions is a good win. Man of the match, read. Kieran Jella says, their goalkeeper for man of the match. And Alex Smith says, dominant first 60. Let them back in. Need to be more clinical. Nice passing movements, but few real chances created. And finally, Mr. Lieberman says, FBT man of the match, just ahead of Reed and Ellis, really wanted Adeloy to score, and a good pass by Dwarzak. It wasn't just a hoof. Suspect no corner turned, but a win and clean sheet will help confidence. Here's hoping. Thank you very much. Okay, so lots of similar rhetoric there. Good to see improvement, much better performance first half, and then the elements did their thing. Few citing concerns about not scoring an open play. Man of the match was was good to see, really. There was a, there was a few people mentioned. It turned into a little bit of a two-horse race between Louis Reed and Fraser Blake Tracy. There were nods for Jacob Wakeling and Marcel Lavinia too. The listeners have gone for Louis Reed just. I liked Marcel Lavinia's performance. Maybe that last half hour stood out more than anything for me, given the weather. But who are we going for? It won't surprise you. I think Louis Reed was the best Sunderland player on the park, probably the most pivotal to how we dominated the ball in that first hour. So I think Reedy takes it. I think... Happily, there's there's quite a few um, honourable mentions this week. Lavinia, like you said, um, sort of in that second start and left back. McDonald, who we barely mentioned, but he's such a comforting player to return at centre half. Um, I think we look a much better side with Angus at the back wearing that captain's armband. Um, I thought Iandolo had his best game for Yonks. Darcy, you know, you can't look at Darcy and say he's done much wrong, other than maybe giving away a bit of a daft foul at the end of the first half. And, and Wakelin really did put in a shift, if um, if not necessarily the end product. So, um, yeah, good team performance. Hopefully no more injuries picked up and uh, we can use this nine-day break smartly to get a few more bodies uh, back on the park. But, yeah, really for me. 
cool. So Louis Reed gets listeners and pod. Lovely stuff. Okay, he gets his spreadsheet back. It's great to see him getting that mention. Great to see him play so well this weekend. So um, in League Two, Leighton Orient versus Sutton was the only other game that survived. And Richie Wellens is Orient. The League Two Championship chasing side won 2-0. Town, as we've already mentioned, now sit happily in fourth with everyone around having either played one or two games less, but it's better to have points than not, right? I mean, I'm a firm believer of playing the games, getting the points and not going, well, we got three games in hand because there's no guarantee that those will go your way. So it's good. I still have the same caution as I had a week ago, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, but I'm confident going into the Walsall game and, you know, it's such a weird season because things haven't been that amazing. But this division, man, here we are in fourth. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we've we've mentioned it, right? Context is important on this one. Horrible pitch, horrible second half weather. Team in fourth place uh, with a good home record. Swindon on the back of a not very good run. However, we did. A, show some lovely football for the first time in a few weeks. And I think the switch to 4-3-3, which didn't pay immediate dividends against AFC Wimbledon, has paid dividends um, against Barrow. Uh, And then I think, actually, we showed plenty of character and plenty of willingness to roll those sleeves up and, and do some dirty work in that last half hour with that big, long injury list. So, yes, um, if if AFC Wimbledon nil nil was a rot stopper, then uh, this 1-0 Barrow win was, uh, you know, we've turned the ship. We're now facing back in the right direction. So um, important bit is always what happens next. But the the signs from a footballing perspective, and I like this formation. Can we just not knob around with 5-3-2 for a while? I like a back four. Despite having one less defender on the pitch, it makes me feel more secure at the back. And whilst, I mean, one of your listeners said there about, you know, concerns about goals and open play. And I think that is a perfectly valid criticism of Crawley away and AFC Wimbledon at home. I think for Barrow, whilst we didn't score an open play, we were we were making the keeper make the saves. And if you do that every week, you're going to score more goals. It's simple as that. So, yeah, certainly no concerns from uh, off the back of this Barrow game about attacking threat moving forward. So. Yeah, we just we just want to see more of the same because that was much better to watch. Yeah, we got Walsall next week. More of the same from what we saw last season against Walsall at home. What was Please, it, 5-0? Yeah. <laughs> uh, scoring two, Barry scoring two. I think Johnny got the other one. Yes, please, more of that. So here's to another 500 episodes. Yes, uh, please. And I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas or enjoy the time off. Dan, thank you very much. Merry Christmas, everyone. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 